0: Amen. Why don't you greet someone as you take a seat. I wanna greet everyone online. If you're watching us online, you're away on holidays, somewhere else in the world, maybe overseas somewhere like Queensland or something like that, you've gone international. I know you're not in WA because you're not allowed to, right? Was that changed? Who knows? (laughs) I can't keep up with all the changes right now. But anyway, it's so good to be in church and happy new year, everyone. It is great, it's good to see we have Barb here with us who started her 95th lap around the world, around the sun, 95 laps around the sun, that's a fair big whack. Well done, it's great to have you here and I do wish the greatest 2022 to you, it was fantastic to say farewell to 2021, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> farewell, see you, see you, wouldn't want to be you, right? That's great. Well, uh, I'm enjoying this year, all two days of it so far. It's been very relaxing, and I've gotta tell you, it is fantastic to be in church with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, you know, we're the church all the time, but when we gather, it's something special, right? Well, I'll talk about that. Um, A lot of people are obviously away on holidays and having a great time, and hope you're praying, uh, resting, and I pray that you're having a great time with family, and I think it's really important to gather around family and friends at this time. In fact, I think the Christian life should be gathering around families a lot more. I think we should be. I think we should be encouraging one another all the time around families and friends. And I want to encourage you to do that all through January. What we'd like to do through January is have a summer series. And it's a bit more laid back than usual and um, understanding that a lot of people are away. But what I'd like to do is encourage you to put in your diary diary two dates. First of them is the 6th of uh, February. 6th of February is a Sunday, and it's our Vision Sunday for 2022. And I'm gonna ask everyone, if you're normally online, why don't you come into the building that day? Mountains Church, Penrith Church, Hawkesbury, all together, coming together in this room. We've actually got Cambodia, are gonna be live streaming in. And um, I believe I've got a vision for us I wanna share with you for our church. A real prophetic word over our church. I um, I wanna celebrate it with you, and I really wanna speak it over you. I like to name the year. And on February 6th, I wanna do that. But the week before on the Sunday, in the afternoon on the 30th, <clears throat> we're having an event, we are going to call it Behind the Vision. And it's for all those of our church that are in leadership, if you serve in some way, or perhaps you're new to our church, and you would say, I wanna know what's behind the vision. Why, why do we say what we say? Why do we do church the way we do? And it's gonna be in the afternoon, we'll have more details, I think it's around 4.30 here at the building. And um, we're gonna have a meal together, or we're gonna have food together. And I wanna share with you what is really behind the vision, how it all works, and um, what role you could actually play in if you'd like to put your hand up for it. So, it's invited really to everyone to come, but specifically for those who are in leadership positions and who would like to take on roles. Is that cool? Excellent. Well, as I said, we like to do a summer series through January. Actually, one more announcement, two more announcements. Next week, we've actually got ice cream Sunday for kids. That's pretty cool. How is it only for kids? How'd that happen? It's January. It's gonna be great. Come on along. We've got Pastor Andrew Mann's gonna be sharing the word. That's gonna be pretty crazy. It's gonna be good. I can't wait to hear it. It's gonna be great. And also on the 11th of January, our young people are going off to Forever Free for a week. And that's a summer camp they have, which is life changing. And I'm gonna call us the church, the rest of the church to pray for them. And um, let me tell you, I've seen so many people change lives as a result of Forever Free. It's gonna be great. Amen. But as I said, I'd like to do a series, a summer series for the month of January. And um, today I wanna launch our series and we're calling it, Oh My God. And it's not an exclamation, uh, exclamation words of shock or horror, but I want to talk about our God. What's my perspective of our God? Who is he? To me, who he is? And today I want to share with you the primary part I believe God plays in my life. Oh my God, he's amazing. Oh my God, oh, I want to spend more time with him. Oh my God, he's done tremendous things in my life. And I've asked all of our preachers to share their aspect of that. All of our preachers to actually highlight something about their God. Another name for Oh My God is Let Me Tell You About Him. And if you've listened to any Planet Shakers albums, there's a really cool song called Let Me Tell You About Him. Don't try and read it because it doesn't look like it's in English. Let Me Tell You About Him, it's all one word almost. And uh, that's what this whole month of January is about. I wanna tell you about our God, I wanna highlight revelations that I've had, and I've asked the preachers to also share their revelations of their God. And my whole heart behind this is, I wanna kick off the year with a new revelation of who God is. Maybe the revelation I have is not the revelation you've had, and maybe you can take something from that today. Maybe you can actually bounce off it with a new revelation of this amazing God, because there's so many facets of our God. You'll spend your whole life finding facets of God. You know, um, I think about Isaiah when, you know, he had this revelation or this vision of heaven. You know, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and all the angels and cherubim were shouting holy, holy, so much so that the doorpost was shaking, and no wonder they were singing holy, holy, because they saw a new aspect of God, and they'll be doing that for eternity because he is so huge. Think about it, this God who breathed the galaxies into place. He spoke the stars into place and we're still discovering more galaxies. We've what discovered a billion or something? Billion, and I think he's still creating them. Maybe he is, I don't know. But he's that big, but yet he's, he's so small that he would come to live in you and he knows about you and he cares about you. And Jesus said, even the hairs on your head are numbered. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. This is our God, now. I know we only have a month, but we're gonna give it a shot of describing my aspect or our aspect of who God is, amen? Amen. One thing you'll notice about the Old Testament is all the names of God. If you ever wanna do a great research, it's, it's a fun thing to look at. Initially, the main one is Yahweh. Well, actually, it's written W. Uh, sorry, Y-H-W-H. In fact, they just put those letters together really for some weird reason, because really, the name of God is, <sighs> <sighs> and they thought he was so awesome, you really can't put a name to him, but they had to do something to describe him. So for some reason, they got Yahweh out of that. And it's a great way of describing their God, their Lord, and, and um, it, it was an expression really to say, he's actually beyond words, but we do need words to communicate, right? Our God is beyond words. We actually see the word Jehovah come up, which means my God. And also tagged onto that is descriptions of their God. For instance, Jehovah Rapha, my God, my healer. Jehovah Jirah, my God, my provider, Jehovah Shalom, my God, my peace. Jehovah Nissi, my God, my banner. Now we'll get into the ones that are hard to pronounce. Jehovah Zikinu, Zikinu, my God, my righteousness. Jehovah Magadesh, my God, my sanctifier. And those words were really to describe what God is like. And uh, again, there's, you know, they're so in awe of God that okay, it's hard to pronounce his name, it's, we don't know whether we really should, but we, we'd like to tell you what he's like. He provides, he's a banner, he gives me grace, he gives me peace, he, he sanctifies me. It's wonderful. Then there's another word El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. And they're starting to actually show a little bit more of a personality behind God and a bit more intimacy to God. he's, He's Almighty, He's powerful to me. It's a little bit more personal. One of my favorites is Adonai. Adonai which means my Lord. In other words, He's in control of my life. My Lord, it became very, very personal. Then we come to the New Testament and Jesus takes this whole uh, personal thing to a whole new level. Jesus changes the whole game about who God is in the New Testament. You see, Jesus called him something that really the Old Testament just alluded to. He came and I I think he did this for a purpose. You see, Jesus called him Father. And I actually believe that the the motivation behind Jesus' mission on earth was, God is a father and he wants you in his family. That's it. You gotta understand, that's a big game changer for the people who follow God for centuries. We get to Jesus arrives and all of a sudden he's the Messiah, wow, and he has the gall to say, he's my dad. Wow, this is the one who created the universe. He's my dad. Wow. I think it's the greatest description of God. And for me, it's the one I've chosen to say, oh my God, he's a father. You see, God could have chosen to be anything, right? He could have chosen to be a giraffe. He could have chosen to be a warrior, a teacher. He could have chosen to be a boss or a leader. Now he's all of those things. Well, he's not a giraffe. He's all of those things, but what Jesus says and calls him is not warrior, not teacher, not leader, not boss. He calls him father, which I think is profound, which signifies the sort of relationship that he wants to have with his people. I think it's amazing that he chose to be a father. It's a theme throughout Jesus' ministry. Look at it. Jesus' ministry starts off with, everyone listen to me, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. comes out of the sky. Probably the first audible public voice that I ever heard from God. And it was the words of a father. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Wow. Jesus often would say, I am here to do the will of my father. In fact, he actually says, You know, I don't do anything of my own accord, I do it all of what the Father wants me to do. Now you have gotta understand for us, that's, that's nice, but for them, that's revolutionary. That this God where you could risk even saying his name, he's calling him Dad. It's massive. Jesus actually, one of his final prayers on planet Earth was, Father, I ask that they would be one as you and I are one. So it's not just a father who stands off, it's a close father. One that he could be one with. And Lord, I pray that they would be one just as we are one. In fact, through his ministry, his whole objective was to get people to see God not as a big God figure, but simply as a father. Wow. The New Testament, what Jesus did changed the whole game. And I love that. In fact, about Christianity, I think it's the most amazing thing is that we have this father was around. But what I love about God is He chose the Father, but not just the Father, but He became our Father. All of our fathers. Jesus said this, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father, not Jesus' Father, not the Father, but our Father. He even made another statement. He said, he talked about, you know, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, seeking, keep on seeking. And he says, and God will give you. He said, how many of you evil fathers know how to give good gifts? How much more would your Father, your Father in heaven, how much more would your Father give you the great gift of the Holy Spirit? He he stressed this fact that God's not just a father, he's your father. He's the one who you can draw to all the time. Paul understood this in his writings to the Roman church. He wrote this letter to them, and my favorite passage is Romans chapter 8. And one of the reasons why it's famous favorite is because of this. That he stresses about what the relationship between God and his people should be like. And I just wanna quickly just have a look at this passage of scripture. And wanna show you what it means to me. Because it's oh my God. And the O is pretty big on this because it is a massive revelation. And if you could get this revelation, it'll change your life. It'll change your Christian walk. It'll change how close you feel as so though you can get to him. Amen? Romans chapter eight, verses 14 to 17. We'll start with verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, or you can say children of God there. Those that are led by the Spirit, Paul's talking about living a life, a Christian life, either led by the Spirit or led by the flesh. That's the context of this. In Romans 7 and 8, that's the main focus. You can either live according to the flesh or you can live according to the Spirit. You get to choose, Christian. I like to say you can live outside the kingdom or inside the kingdom. That's the way I like to say it and to live inside the kingdom, to walk in the spirit, that's when you understand really that he's a father. That's how you get it. If Christianity is just a religion which you signed up for, you're probably not gonna understand this, that God be like Father. He'll be Father in name only, not in practice. But if you can actually begin to walk that Christianity according to the spirit, with the spirit, an everyday walk in your spiritual realm. Hey Christian, turn on your spirit. Allow your spirit to be awakened and let it connect with Holy Spirit. This is the reason why God sent the Holy Spirit so he can be closer to you. And when we begin to do that, all of a sudden you don't have to be convinced that God's a father. Because those that are led by the spirit, they know that they are the children of God because that spirit opens up that whole world to you and it's real to you. Led by the spirit is to walk with him every day. I often get asked, oh, so Rick, tell me about your prayer life. How do you pray? And um, now, I gotta tell you, I'm loving this moment by moment thing. Now I do set aside time to pray, but my moment by moment prayer life is probably the best thing I've ever done in the way of my spirituality. You see, to say I spend time with God once a day, that's just not enough. To say that I spend time with God every hour, once an hour, that's still not enough. In fact, I wanna say that to spend time with God every second is still too far apart. I wanna spend time with him moment by moment. And that's learning how to walk, knowing that his presence is with me Knowing that, and I think even subconsciously, I've learned how to know that he's with me. I'll tell you what, that changes your life. It's a practice of the presence of God. A great book by Brother Lawrence, if you ever wanna get that book, The Practice of the Presence of God. This moment by moment type of prayer, it's life changing. Why? Because you begin to walk with Holy Spirit, and you begin to hear his voice, he interrupts your day, by saying, hey, let's not do this, let's do this. So I'm going to do this, why? Because Holy Spirit knows. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. And the best thing about it is, those that do this, they understand something. God's a father and he's my father, I'm his child. I'm his child, that's amazing. The key to it is not just to sign up to become a Christian, The key to it is that moment by moment, walking with Holy Spirit, every day. Amen? Verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Wow. You didn't receive a a fear of bondage. You didn't receive that. You didn't receive, what he's talking about there is, A good illustration is you know, you're running late for work and you've got to check in real quick because the boss might get you in trouble because you're running late. That fear, oh no, I've got to get it right. You know, what is it? The boss is coming, look busy, you know, that sort of thing. He's saying, you don't have that sort of fear with God. He's not watching over you, waiting for you to step out of line so he can correct you. That's not the spirit we live in. He said, you don't have that spirit of fear. You didn't receive that from God. What you did receive is a spirit of adoption. He made you his his child. He made him your father. He accepted you in. Wow, I think it's amazing. He's not a boss. He's not a leader. Although he does lead. He's a father, a loving father, a caring father. And I think Jesus again, and Paul says it here, You've received this, why are you walking around like you've received a spirit of fear? Where you're waiting for God to to hammer you? No, 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 Now the Bible does say fear God, but I think it's with reverence. I think it's with desire to be close to him, that sort of fear. It's not a fear as in he's gonna judge me, oh no, I did wrong, he's gonna, no, 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 no. When you do something wrong, you run to him, because he's safe because he's caring and he wants the best for your life. That's what he's saying, why? Because you received the spirit of adoption. This is written to a Romo Greek. well it's written in the Romans book, right? Roman Greco world. You gotta understand about that world at that time and uh, you'll notice in the line of all the Caesars, many of them were actually adopted sons, not biological sons, because they chose them because they were the right ones and they were the best ones to take on the mantle of Caesar. Well, their mentality was this. The adopted child was much more important than the born child because they were chosen. So for Paul to actually say, hey, you received the spirit of adoption, he's actually saying, you were chosen. He he went out of his way to get you. He paid a big price so that he could have you as his child. Not only that, an inheritance back then was or an adopted inheritance was given to you immediately. You didn't have to wait until dad died. Everything he owned was yours. That's what was so important about Paul saying, you received it. You've got your inheritance now from this father. You didn't receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you could receive a spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, father. I like to put in this little joke about now, when he says Abba, he's not talking about a really cool 70s rock band. The young people get lost on that one. Abba is the Aramaic word for daddy. Not father, not dad, but daddy. It's a term of in- in affection. Ah, Abba means I'm close to you, I love you. Why would Paul, he was a Greek Jew, writing a letter to a Roman church use an Aramaic word? Why do you do that? Simple because Jesus spoke Aramaic. And my interpretation of that is this we are his children, just like God. Jesus was his children, child. Jesus was the Son of God. We're the same. We have that same promise, that same inheritance. Verse 16 The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He reiterates this fact that the Holy Spirit shows you this. Why would he do that? Because this, verse 17, and if children, then heirs. It's important to know this. Heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Think about it. This is God who spoke the universe into the being. This is the God who can, lives outside of time. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is eternal. He overrules everything. And everything he has is yours. Wow. He didn't choose just to be a God. He chose to be a father. Why? Because he has an inheritance to give. You're his heirs. Just like Jesus was an heir, you're his heir. Just like Jesus had access to all of his wealth, you have access to all of his wealth. He came as a father for that. He's an amazing father. You see, that's why I love, oh my God, because he chose to be a father. I know I had a very good earthly dad, still have. Fantastic, my best mate. But I think God has shown me from his act as a father how I can be a father. In fact, I would recommend to every young dad here, imitate him, pour out forgiveness like he does, bring loving correction like he does, provide like he does. And then watch the blessings of God pour out through your family. He's a father. He's an amazing father. So what is he to you? Is he that? Is he a God who loves you like a father? Or is he a deity of God who sits on a throne waiting for you to do something wrong? Is he a God who comforts you and wants to give you a big embrace or is he a cold God who just wants to rule over you and give you life and that's about all. You see the way you see God determines your whole Christian life and that's why this January I want our preachers to really bring this oh my God thought what they can reveal about God that God's revealed to them. So that each one of us can get a perspective of who this God is. When you walk through this year, I want you to walk through with a new perspective of who God is to you. So that maybe your relationship with him can get closer and closer. Maybe your Christian walk might change dramatically. Who knows? So my question to you today is, is he a father to you? I remember, uh, as a youth pastor many years ago, I sat down talking to a young girl. She'd just given her heart to Jesus and she was in tears, you know, just a big emotional moment. And I said, you know what, he's like a father to you. And she stopped. She looked at me and she said, Rick, if he's anything like my father, I want nothing to do with him. I thought, you know what? He hasn't been represented well in a lot of cases but that doesn't change who he is. And I began to talk to this young girl about, he's a loving dad who will not bring you harm, but he will, he's there for you all the time and I wanna teach you how to access him all the time. And this young girl went on to become a young girl in our youth, grew up as a Christian and it's a real strong Christian, and every day I think must have learned something more about this wonderful Father God. Do you know him as your father? Do you know him as a dad, abba, father, daddy, God? My heart is that you would know him like I know him. He's already pleased with you. You can't impress him anymore. This is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased, he said about Jesus, and you are co-heirs with Jesus. He's a loving, caring father who is interested in you and he sees you. He's a God who wants to walk beside you and, and, and help you navigate all the challenges that this life will throw at you. He's not one who'll abandon you. He wants to be close to you. I think about the story that Jesus spoke about in Luke chapter 15. We call it the prodigal son. It's about the son who took his inheritance, and said, Dad, I want my inheritance. And went and spent it on wine, women and song and fell out of life really fell out of everything he became destitute and he was a young Jewish boy who found himself feeding pigs on a farm and for a Jewish boy that's the lowest of low and the food for the pigs even looked more enticing than anything else that he could eat he was so hungry for me there's plenty of bacon right there buddy but anyway he went home now, the thing about this story in Luke 15, have a read of it. Jesus actually told this story not to say how bad the young man was. It's about how good the father was. Dad, with pig slop all over him, Dad, I want to be one of your servants. Can I be one of your servants, please? You read it. He does, the father doesn't even let him finish the sentence. No, 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 no. I have plenty of servants. I don't want a servant. I want a son. Come here, get a robe and let's cover that muck through the beautiful blood of Jesus Christ. All of our muck is covered. You understand the Father put a cloak all over you so that he doesn't even see your garbage anymore. All he sees is the life of Jesus Christ all over you because you were washed in his blood, Christian. Here, give me my ring. Put a ring on his finger. He's given you his credit card. Spend up. Spend up with grace, spend up with love, spend up with peace, spend up with favor. Then I'm gonna put his shoes on his feet, the ministry of peace, spread this peace, take it wherever you go. I want you to take it everywhere. Tell everybody else about your daddy. And by the way, we're gonna kill the fatted calf because it's time to have a party because you were once lost and now you're found. You were dead but now you're alive. Now that's a father, don't you think? Jesus spoke that whole parable to indicate what God is like. Not how bad we are, but how good he is. You know, the, the Psalms actually call him a father to the fatherless and a rescuer of the widows. James, he actually writes a song, True, he writes this in the book of James, New Testament. He actually says, You know, true religion is looking after the orphans and widows, which my father desires. Isn't that cool? Which the father desires. He wants to look after. That's the heart of the Father, and He wants to do that to you. One day, one of the disciples turned to Jesus in front of all the other disciples. His name's Philip. Philip says this. Can you show us the Father? Jesus says, oh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. If you want to find the Father, if you want to find Abba, God, Abba, Daddy God, if you want to find him, Jesus is the key. How can I know the way? Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And here we are. I'm just wrapping up right now, and if the Musos could come along. I just want to put out a little bit of an invite to us all, online as well and here. Do you know the Father? Or do you know of the Father? Well, Jesus is the way. And maybe here, the first Sunday of 2022, you just want to make a new stance, or maybe a first off stance, and you wanna just give your life to Jesus Christ so that you could access this wonderful Father and begin this amazing relationship with the Father. So I'd like to pray for you. I'm not gonna ask anyone to put up their hands. I'm not gonna ask anyone to really recite anything but I am gonna say a prayer, which is like I said many years ago to accept Jesus Christ into my life. And maybe you wanna pray that prayer too. It's between you and Him. He's listening. He knows your heart. And if you are to allow Jesus Christ to take off His robe of righteousness and wrap it over your life today, because we'll all sin, we've all sinned. The Bible says we've fallen short of God's glory, all of us. There is not one who is sinless. And it's that sin that separates us from the Father. But when Jesus' cloak of righteousness comes and gets wrapped around us, the blood of Jesus Christ, I receive what you've done for me on the cross, Jesus, through faith. The Father looks at us, we're blameless. We have no sin. The Father can come to us and wrap his arms around us because he doesn't see the sin. It's called grace. And it all starts with that acknowledgement through faith. And us humans, we like to say this prayer through faith to believe that Jesus Christ comes in our our life through us giving our life to him. That's what it's about. So I'm going to ask us all to pray. If you're online somewhere else in the world, at home, maybe you want to say a prayer to Him as well, asking Jesus Christ into your life today. Maybe you've done it before, but you know you haven't been living that way. With faith today, would you pray the prayer? This is the prayer that I pray to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, to put on that robe of righteousness. Father God, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. But I know you sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, would you forgive me of all my sin? Would you wrap your robe of righteousness around me and cleanse me? of all sin come into my life make me new so that I can be part of God's family thank you for forgiving me thank you for making me righteous I love you in Jesus name Amen now maybe you prayed that for the first time maybe you didn't Maybe you prayed something similar, that's good. Can I encourage you something? Tell someone you did that. It is profession, the professing of it, that actually builds your faith and gives the devil a kick in the teeth as well. Heaven starts rejoicing because over one person who turns from their sins to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. Wow. So would you tell someone? Maybe call them and say, hey, I I just surrendered my life to Jesus. Maybe you need to tell someone here this morning. And my prayer for you this year is that you would get to know Daddy in a whole new way and walk in that moment by moment favour with Him. Amen. Well, God bless you. Hope you've enjoyed the beginning of our new series, Oh My God. And, um, Next week, as I said, we've got Pastor Andrew coming at you on a bull called Wild and Woolly. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be fantastic. Amen, happy new year and God bless you.